I've done a series of Q&A on Chinuch based on an anonymous question that I received and I've been sort of answering them over the last few months intermittently. Here's another one. What are the pitfalls and challenges in Chinuch? I'm going to speak to two things today. Number one, what is the line between healthy competition and bullying? As a community, as a society, as a world, we've become incredibly aware of the underdog. And we've become very sensitive to his feelings and his needs. And uh, we, we do, we take incredible responsibility. We go to great extremes to protect the underdog, which is a, a correct thing to do. But there is a difference between competition and bullying, which I guess means the difference between boys who bully each other that can take the bullying and boys who bully each other where they can't take it. If, if a class gangs up on a child, and I know this because I experienced it myself as a child in a very real way, uh, it's, the child is helpless, the child can be destroyed. Um, and you have to stop it. You can't leave it alone. When children play on the playground and they're not supervised, sometimes that occurs. They'll just pick on one kid and it becomes incessant. It becomes, it becomes chronic. They almost do it without even wanting to. You, when you develop relationships with certain people, you get stuck in those relationships. In other words, if you develop a bad habit in your relationship with another person, you do the bad thing even when you don't want to. And when children gang up on a child, it almost becomes something that they don't even do with in con conscience. There's no they do it impunity. They have no idea that this is a person. It's just he's a punching bag, and they, children get destroyed by other children. It happens all the time, and it has to be stopped. There's a lot of ways of stopping it. Obviously, the best way to stop it, the old way to stop it, is to educate the children, to hold the children responsible, and teach them that they can't do this. But the child who's being bullied needs to be protected from the bullies in whatever way is necessary, including removing him from that situation and putting him into a different situation. But we're so sensitive that we take away healthy jealousy, which is competition, right? Taylor speaks about from Competition is a very good thing. When children are doing well and or even just doing okay, but they're holding their own in school and they're encouraged to compete. How many pages of Gemara they could learn, how many Memori Hasidas they could know, um, how well they can learn a piece of Gemara on their own. And I, I mean, there's no limit to the things children could compete about. That's a very good thing. And I think we have to be very careful not to throw away the baby with the bathwater. We have to appreciate the idea that children can hurt each other. But we also have to appreciate that children grow up together. And part of growing up together is rubbing against one another in a, in, in, a, in, a, in a reasonable way, in a normal way, in a healthy way. And that rubbing against one another is not always beautiful. They're children. And children can be unbelievably sweet and children can be very unsweet. And if the children can stand their ground, those relationships with their peers, where they're not being destroyed by their peers, builds character. It makes them stronger people, it makes them tougher people. The adults have to teach them kindness and gentleness. The adults even have to teach them good character. The adults have to 
correct them when they speak inappropriately and so on and so forth. But that competition, that rubbing shoulders, uh, creates who they are. Just like kids in a ball field compete and everybody understands that it's legitimate for them to compete unless one of the children is completely out of his league, is unable to compete, and then it, so to speak, crosses over the line from competition to bullying, to abuse, to destroying. The same is true in, in the classroom. Competition is a good thing, and I think, I think we got to remember that. I think we have to appreciate the place of competition in, in, in growing up. Or to say it in other words, and this is really a controversial thing to say, um, we always worry about the underdog. We also have to also concern ourselves with the high achiever. We have to help the best kids become better also. And it's a very, very difficult balance. You cannot allow the best children to overshadow the weaker children in a way that the weaker children are just filling chairs. But you also cannot allow the concern for those children to leave the better children in a position of mediocrity where they're not motivated and uh, it's I don't know how you do it but it needs to be done we need to find a way of encouraging the brightest and the best to be brighter and better and to compete and to excel because they're rubbing shoulders with other children who are more or less on their level while at the same time looking after the child that's that's weaker which leads me to my second point and this this is something that I think everybody understands and agrees with the Gemara speaks about a child who goes to school and doesn't learn. The Gemara says that a child goes to yeshiva from the age kavashev, 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 which means in, in Talmudic language, six or seven, which really means five years old, which is in his sixth year, or six years old, which is in his seventh year. And if, he's, if he learns in yeshivas for a certain number of years, and he doesn't show any success. Shuv If a child goes to school for five years and no, no success in his learning, he's never going to show success. And the Gemara actually uses the expression, which means there's a parent of sitting in school and not learning. Being around the other children, the camaraderie, and also the spirit. It's, a, it's an environment of Torah, it's an environment of Yiddishkeit, it's an environment of Yiddish, Yiddish Shamayim. Well, we're seeing more and more um, and there's probably more than one explanation for it is that we're not allowed to allow, allow the individual child to fail. In other words, it's not enough that we have a school and we're either reaching the median, the middle children, or the highest of children, and somehow some of the children are allowed to fail. And when I say allowed to fail, I mean it in one very simple way. Children are allowed to sit in school and feel like they are failures. They're not accomplishing anything by sitting in school. School is for them a waste of time. It's very clear that today, because of the nature of children, you know, as George Bush, the father, said, no child shall be left behind. You have to create an educational system where every single child succeeds. Now, not all children can succeed the same way. But I don't think it's true anymore that you can leave a child in school and let him fail because of how that child is going to feel about himself. If a child goes to school and he's not that intelligent, but he loves school and he loves his friends, and let's say, for example, he loves the Fabrengans and he loves the Miftsoyim, and his his mood is good and Yerushalayim is good, then then it's okay. But too many children 
don't feel that way. Too many children feel like they're failing at learning, which is what school is about. They're failures. And it's becoming more and more true that we have to find ways of not allowing one individual to fall through the cracks. And this obligation is on the school and it's on the parents, which is what I'm planning to do next. How can parents discern if the goals are being achieved? Um, but if I have a kid and I send him to school and he's not learning, if I have a child in my class and he's not learning, I can't just leave it. I can't just leave it because he needs to feel like a success in his way. It doesn't have to be a success for somebody else. He has to feel like school is serving him well, which really means that at one level or another, or one degree to another, he's learning. He's learning, he's taking something away from school which is stimulating his brain, um, which is, it's clear more and more that when children feel good about themselves, they feel good about Yiddishkeit. Um, when, and, and I think when children learn, they feel good about themselves. So these are two points, right? Pitfalls and challenges. A, how do you create balance between competition and bullying? Because competition is very good, very important for the children who are doing, well, for any child who's competing with children who are more or less in the same level as himself who is able to compete. And B, to look after the child that's academically falling behind and make realistic goals for that children so that child should learn. It's very, very important. Mm -hmm.